we stopped at this gas station and we go in there and the people there are a little concerned. They say, hey, there's a big storm up the road. You better be careful. So we're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And at this point, I was driving. Christian was the navigator. So then we put on the we put on the the radio, and they said the epicenter of the storm is this town, and they gave the name. And I said, "Where's the town?" He said, "I think we went past it already." So we're like, Whoosh. and then three miles later, we see the town was driving <laughs> right into the town where the tornadoes were setting down. You know what I mean? It was incredible. I was like, <laughs> "Give me that map." You were very alert. Oh, yes. <laughs> And then everything happened, and it all blew away. Blew up. It was coming around. You could see these unbelievable storms. And then this huge rainbow occurred as we're entering Minnesota, basically. <laughs> I swear to God. It was a huge rainbow, wasn't it? It was like monstrously, totally complete. And we just drove right under it, like the golden arches. It was great. Man. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. So, yeah, uh, if you're in recovery... You know, I remember that even the most meager understanding when I came in went a long way. When someone explained something to me and I sort of got it, it really uh, produced an illuminating quality. It brought some, let's say, light to what was previously dark, you know. And in that scene, uh, a space opens up also, and then you can sense a presence of a power greater than you. Sort of like coming out of the ass of self in a way. When you pop out of it, you'll know it. You'll hear a pop. You know, when you pop out of it, there's a, there's some qualities to that, which is things seem brighter and there's more space. There's a lot of space. Yes, and to me, that's the sense of presence. It's very very light and it's very spacious. And the only way you're going to really know how claustrophobic a life is is to get a a big hit of what it's like to be spacious. It's sort of like here. No one in this room today was in a cafe where people were complaining about the effects of gravity. I was not sitting down. We just ate dinner. I didn't hear any conversations. Oh, your shoulder's looking a little more dipped than usual. Gravity, you know, it's a foul. Oh, yeah, gravity was so heavy on me today, you know. Didn't give me one break the whole day. You don't know the effects of gravity on the body because it's always happening. You'll only know it by its absence. So if you go into an anti-gravity thing, then you will know gravity. You'll know it by its absence. The same thing with this, with the program. They try to describe the problem, and maybe you know the problem from being under it, but the real, real knowledge of the problem is the relief from it. When you get relief from the bondage of self, you'll realize the bondage of self was the active problem. You'll, there'll be no doubt one bit, not one glimmer of doubt. And it, for me, when it was revealed, finally, that the root of the problem was an activity of mind called identification as a self. Yeah. And it's not like identification as of, which is the verb, and self's a noun. There is no self. There is no, there is no noun. So it's just a verb, and the mind is identifying as a self right now. That's what it's doing. It's using language to reinforce it all day, and then it upsets, obsesses around that, that, that self, which is, reinforces the identification. The obsessions aren't their own beast. They're enslaved. They, the mind has to obsess over self to keep reinforcing the identification of self. Yeah? It's sort of like, almost like, a, like in a, we shared this last week. Now, here's a chair, and for me to be bonded, it would be bonded to the chair, yeah? not of, which is how it's said in AA. Please relieve me from the bondage of self. See, if we were bonded to this chair, then there would be something that would be, using, would be used to bond us to it, let's say handcuffs, yeah? And there would be a distinct difference between the chair, the handcuff, and you. And maybe if you found the right spiritual locksmith, they could come here and they could open the lock and you'd be freed from the bondage to self, as if it was a chair that you could walk away from. But it isn't that way. It's the act of being identified as self. So if you believe self is a thing and it's driving you crazy and you want to leave it, yeah, if the real problem is identification as self, you'll be leaving self as a self. And like it says in recovery, self can't get out of self. So when you're identified as self, the last one to know that is you because you're already in 
the distortion of identification as self, and now the conditional mind is thinking all about itself, <coughs> using the past as a place to go to think about it, because he can't think that much about it here, because here is pretty obvious. What's happening is pretty obvious. You're meeting it, seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, you know, touching. You're engaged here. But to, to be engaged with the idea of self, the self has to be remembered. So it has to be thought about to appear to be so. It can't appear, cannot be so, but it can appear to be so based on you, based on the mind. So if the mind falls for it, then what, like it says in AA, false evidence appears real. Yeah? False evidence is appearing real. <clears throat> Therefore, there's a limitation to that false evidence, which is it's never going to be real. It can, the highest level it can reach is it can appear to be real, and that's facilitated not by the false evidence, by what's seeing the false evidence. If you're seeing the false evidence in a certain way, called to me it's a form of looking called self-centeredness, false evidence will appear to be real to you. Yes, quite a lot. And then you're going to be react, reacting to something that's not happening, when the only appropriate reaction to something that's not happening is to realize it's not happening. That's the only appropriate one that works. If you see it not happening, it's not happening. No matter how much you're thinking about last week, <coughs> it isn't happening this Wednesday. There's already a Wednesday going on. You cannot, it's like you cannot conjure it up in reality to, to be here. But it can appear to be here to you if you're obsessed with the idea that it was you you're thinking about. Yeah? Last week doesn't hold any sway on you, really. It's that there was a you that was there last week. That's what pulls your interest and attention. And the same thing with the future. People think when they're worrying about you in the future, that's another form of remembering the self. Yeah. <clears throat> so I'm really concerned what's going to happen to me, let's say, four weeks. And my mind gives me a lot of things that could happen to me. Like I could have cancer my girlfriend sleeping with someone else, I'm destitute, whatever. Thousands of things. And yet, when I'm thinking about that, I'm remembering the self. See? It's simple like this. It's like, I was there, I will be there, therefore I am here. That's what it's like. Exactly. That's the bonding mechanism. So here it is, you're thinking about the self in the future, <clears throat> and but the effects of that aren't happening in the future, because there is no future. The only place they can happen is now. So you will in initiate a contraction now where there's no apparent threat because you see many threats in the future. Or you saw many threats in the past, and therefore the contraction concerning that can only happen now. <clears throat> so right now, you close, and sort of like, let's say if you were a flower, your petals shut. Yeah? You're not, getting, you're not able to receive what's on offer. Maybe it's approval, maybe acknowledgement, maybe, maybe uh, being available to help someone else. All of those things you're not available to anymore because you're truly available to there and then. Yeah? This is the dilemma. This is called, to me, the bondage of self. It's not like there was a chair that you were, you were bonded to at one time. Yeah? It's an activity. In other words, you have never been bonded. The activity is you appear to be bonded. Yeah? And if you believe that, then you will try to get out of it, which is another form of being in it. That's how it double whammies us. Yeah? <clears throat> you believe you're in self, so it sounds, seems very logical to try to get out of self. But you have to realize that very strong axiom of spirituality, self can't get out of self. Yeah? <laughs> I think that's incredibly good news. So what? Because you'll see, <coughs> if you stop trying to get out of what you can't be in, you'll have the experience of being out of it. Yeah. And if you stop trying to get into what you can't be out of, which is this moment, you can't be out of a moment. Every moment you've been in, you and the moment are very, they're past the point of synonymous, you are the moment. <clears throat> Without you, there's no experience happening, yes? So this whole idea of like reading books about how to get into the moment, and then the second edition, how to really get into the moment, and then how to really, really get into the moment, 
<coughs> is based on an incredible fallacy, which is you can be out of a moment. Yeah. What would happen if you entertained, you truly entertained, you can't be out of a moment, your experience in every moment would be you're in the, in the moment. Because you, you have seen the absurdity of believing you could be out of any moment. Yeah, That's the way. It's a way of negation. You just deny what seems to be so, and then what's so becomes obvious. Yeah, That's how it works. And it doesn't take any freaking time. It doesn't take any time to get into where you're already in. And it doesn't take any time to get out of what you cannot be in. It doesn't take any time. No, not a second passes. Yeah. That's how immediate it can be. And with all the shenanigans, see the mind moves this way and that. It goes backwards and thinks about itself. <clears throat> and yet what occurs is when you think about the self, then you have a sense of self now. That's the feeling. Yeah. And then people call me up, and a guy, I just ran into a guy at the market, in, uh, in Marin, the farmer's market, and he says, oh, I've been sending some, some of your talks to a guy in L.A. And I was just talking to him, and he says, he calls me up and he says, I've been selfing all day. I said, that's not it. The feeling, this is important. If you want to recognize the parasite of alcoholism, its first movement is the claim. Yeah? Instead of having to see all the examples of it, understand that every one of its movements has this quality to it. In other words, it doesn't have a life that claims your life. Yeah? It doesn't have a body, it's my body. So in this case, he's, the selfing is now being seen where it wasn't being seen before, but it still falls into the problem that it's happening to me. That's the bondage of self. The you that, something, that something's happening to, that's where the bondage is. And the you that thinks that it's doing something, that's where the bondage is. It doesn't matter what's being done to it or what it thinks it's doing. Not, not one bit. It doesn't matter. The whole dilemma isn't in what you're doing or what's being done to you. It's the feeling that it's being done to you and the feeling that you're the doer. <clears throat> that's the sense of self that's being produced by us being very ignorant of some basic freaking facts that are looking, right at, looking at us right now at this moment. Yeah. <laughs> So in this AA, they talk about conscious contact. The way I see conscious contact is <clears throat> there's consciousness and it's in contact here. So I'm in contact with this event by seeing it, hearing it, feeling it, tasting it, and touching it. Yeah, That to me is consciousness in contact. Yeah. Consciousness in contact. When, when the conscious contact occurs, after the contact, a mental process arises, which is the feeling of being a self, and it claims the conscious contact, <clears throat> and now it says, I'm the one who's seeing, I'm the one who's feeling, I'm the one who's tasting, I'm the one who's touching, yes? It claims to be the one who's conscious, instead of just recognizing its consciousness, yeah? or spirit, if you want to say it that way. Yeah? Instead, <clears throat> you get a bastardized version of consciousness. It cannot erase the consciousness, no matter how much it thinks about the past and the future, yeah, which you're not seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. There's the obvious fact that this seems to be happening. Yeah, <clears throat> it, the only way it can override that is to claim the event, the one where the event is proceeding from, which is consciousness, and say that I'm the one who's conscious, which now allows it to be unconscious to that fact, no consciousness. Yeah? <laughs> That's what happens, yeah? and it's happening all day, every day. Or if it is, and it isn't though. It's happening, but it cannot produce the goods without your belief in it. Yeah? The only thing, your thoughts like I was sharing last few weeks, because it's such a simple example, but it works. <coughs> Some people, when I went back east, haven't seen me in a while. You know, We have no vid new videos, so I had longer hair. So I come and they go, Paul, you're growing your hair. And I said, no, I'm actually not growing my hair. I'm not cutting my hair. It's not like I take a few hours every week and grow my hair, yeah? But the language, it sounds really absurd if you really look at it, but the language is constantly implying and insinuating that I'm a doer when I, about things I have nothing to do with, yeah? It's just a simple example, but <clears throat> it goes to absurd lengths to place you as the doer of things that you have nothing to do with. And I'm saying, expand the idea of what you actually have nothing to do with. You'll be a whole lot happier. You'll travel a whole lot later. Expand the idea. Yeah? 
It sounds funny though, but it's, be as funny as if someone, you know, I, I've got to take, a, I've got to stop this meeting early because I have to go home and digest that burrito I had yesterday. I forgot. It was on my list. Things to do today. <clears throat> I pump my blood and beat my heart. Oh, get that burrito, you know. Obviously, almost all of this activity is involuntary. The only one process that's half voluntary, half involuntary is breath. Whatever had to do with this place knew not to give us much power, because you know? we would have never, we never, we would never live the first day. You know what I mean? Oops, I forgot. <laughs> you know, we would have forgotten because we would have gone up the ass itself and thought about us in the past where we had to be beating our heart now. Yeah, you don't have to worry about the beating of your heart in the past. It's not happening, nor in the future. It's now. But the whole. <clears throat> Emphasis of the thought system of selfing, and it's a verb, the mental process of selfing. If you look at the thought system, do your thought system value now, or do they value the future and the past more? Just take a nice, obvious look at it. Where are most of my thoughts going to? The past and the future. Yeah, there's not much to think about now. This can only refer back to a past event, and maybe initiate a feeling of that. Oh, something could happen. Yeah. That's all it's being used for in the selfing. It's just used to catapult back into there and then. Yeah. <clears throat> so there's not much thought, but the thought system is usually in the past and the future. That's what it values. Most people don't really give a shit about what's happening now. They're worried what's going to happen tomorrow. Aren't they really? You cannot believe the effect of time here. It's like a big hand on your back that's moving you through this imaginary partition of moment to moment to moment. <clears throat> no matter how nice it is here, you can't even stop. You're like on one of those moving sidewalks at the airport, you know? You see, oh, I like that, but you just, you can't even stop because there's no way out. You've got to wait to a certain point to get out, so you're like, oh, I like that, you know? This is what it's like. And therefore, and the thought system pictures you as a body. <clears throat> it, can't pick, it can't think about you as a spirit in the future. There will be nothing to think about, Yeah. The spirit is just a, the spirit is just what it is. It's not going through convolutions and changes in every, based on circumstances and situations. The spirit outshines circumstances and situations. Yeah. So here, <coughs> the mind presents you as a body, and then it thinks about you. That's what it's doing all day. Yeah. To do what? Just for the sake of obsessing? No. To reinforce the identification. So that's what happened with me. I was in AA and I was doing those four-step workshops and everything, and doing doing the deal pretty pretty uh, religiously for years. I had, I had spent like Christian used to call me a spiritual crash test dummy. I checked a lot of spirituality out, <coughs> trying to save my friends some time. And you know, I practiced Buddhism and I went to places that sit in jungles for three weeks. You know. <laughs> Freaking getting bit by mozzies and 13 hours of meditation and losing like 20 pounds in three weeks, starving myself for some fucking noble idea. <laughs> so, <laughs> this, what we're trying to help you is save your time, seriously. That's what we're trying to do here, is to save your time. You don't have to see in one demonstration of selfing, you can see the whole principle of it. If you can see that the mind in selfing is its main mode of operandi is the claim. So it's claiming to be the one who's conscious. It's claiming to be the one. This is my time. This is my life. These are my actions. These are my problems. And let's say how many problems have you had in your life, but there's only been one seemingly you that had them all. You have to realize how much of a problem this is lending itself to all of the problems. Yeah? And the difference between a problem and my problem is huge. Just like the difference between a thought and my thought is huge, or a fear and my fear is huge. And if you want to see it clearly, read this fourth step, where it gets into self, right on page 64, the third paragraph, <clears throat> just before they start telling you how to do it. It says, you know, self, you have to be convinced that self, manifested in various ways, is what has defeated us very clear statement if you see it. First of all, he does us a great service because he separates the two. Us and self are not the same. Yeah? The problem is, why in AA they can say, you're the problem. You're not a person who has a problem. You are the problem. 
and that not being like your death knell is because, yes, it can seem to be that you're the problem, but because the problem is an act of being identified as self, therefore you're not that which you're identifying, that's the solution. So you are the problem, in a seemingly, and right where the problem seems to be so, the solution is there. You're not that. Yeah? So what occurred with me is, <coughs> I was exploring some other ideas, and someone introduced me to this idea, and I entertained it, and my mind opened up, like almost like an aperture, like a lens on a camera. And I hadn't, didn't know it had been locked in a certain aperture for so long. Maybe it opened a little, but then closed a little. You know, there wasn't much give to the aperture, so I thought this is just the way it is. But then I heard this message, and I started to entertain the possibilities it offered. And the aperture went like this. It opened up, but not just like this. It opened up, and it opened and went, and what I used to look from, I saw. I saw this as an object. I had always been looking from this as a subject. I saw this as an apparatus, which is object. It's an object. And the brain and the thoughts are a process of the brain and body. The thoughts are not ethereal things. The brain is producing them. Yes? The aperture opened up, and I saw that. From then on, I was doing those workshops, and then that chapter I used to go over every freaking week for like 16 years, how it works had, was like a living shift. The, and the biggest word was self. When I saw self, I realized it represents a parasitical movement. When I saw self, I realized it's a foreign installment. And then it made total sense that be convinced, which means to believe with certainty that self manifested in all these different ways is what had defeated us, we will now look at its common manifestations. And the first one is, the next paragraph says resentment. So the common manifestations that we look at in the inventory process are resentment, fear, and harming other people, and we look at our sexual behavior. Those are common manifestations of self. <clears throat> They're not coming from the us. They're coming from the self, and they, by us being identified as the one who has the resentment, the one who has the fear, the one who acted out, that's how it defeats us, through being identified with the expressions of self as our own. We get defeated by self. It can't defeat us. We have to believe something for the defeat to occur. Yeah, That's the whole trip. This isn't a passive victimhood type of realization. It's very freaking active very empowering, because you see, you have a huge role here. Yeah? False evidence can appear real to you, and then false evidence can, can, can be seen to be false to you. It matters how your aperture is calibra you know, how calibrated. Yes? If you're in the identification of self, the best you can do is look from self. It's called self-centeredness, and it's a form of blindness to what? To the seeing that I am. And if you tr keep applying the looking to try to find what's seeing, you'll never freaking find it because you're what's looking. <laughs> That's what you are. What you're looking for, like St. Francis says, is what's looking. <laughs> you can get to that quickly, or you can go through tons of times fucking getting disappointed and frustrated and, and like that. You might not just let your mind expand with the principle that are offered. Yeah. So if you see that, being convinced that self manifested in various ways is what has defeated us, we will now look at its, meaning self's, common manifestations, resentment. How can you interpret that other than how I just did? I don't see how it could mean anything else. Maybe I'm, not miss, I'm missing something, but I don't believe I am because I've entertained it and it's produced radical relief. From what? The bondage of self. And people who know me, I've never left this topic ever since it was shown to me. I've been staying on this one point for 19, 20 years because it's the last answer. There's no need to go anywhere else because if this is mistaken, everything else is a mistake. This is where the clarity needs to be, right at the beginning of the whole long row of knots, yeah? this first knot. Yeah? Even in Buddhism, they talk about it with the Eightfold Noble Path. They say the first noble part of the Noble Path is right view which to me is, and what Lord Buddha supposedly put out was anatta, meaning non-self. That's the right view. 
There isn't a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. He says there are events are happening and deeds are being done, but there's no individual doer thereof. It's a beautiful statement. Events are happening. It's not saying this isn't happening. This is happening. It's, we're just saying it's not happening to you. It's a huge difference, I swear. It's the difference between seeing life as happening or life as happening to you. If life is happening to you, then you come up with a lot of opinions what shouldn't be happening to you. Yeah? Or what should be happening to you. And once that door is open, the mind just rips and produces incredible mental minutiae that you're weighed down by all freaking day. Entertaining absurd impossibilities as possibilities. Like, I can be at not where I am. You know what I mean? I can be out of this moment. I've been thinking so much, I'm out of the moment. But the surveillance camera captures you in the dream that you're in. No matter what you're freaking saying, you're not in Hawaii. You're in fucking Mill Valley right now. Or now you're not even in Mill Valley, San Francisco. Yeah? So the, it's, the whole point is, spirituality, quote-unquote, is really just a recognition of the obvious. Where blue becomes blue and red is red. It's not blue could possibly be pink. No, this blue is blue and red is red. It's not confusing one bit. And in my sense, it became the last answer. And all I've been doing is entertaining it now for now 14 years since I heard this, this quality of it. Yeah, I've just been entertaining it. And one of the best ways to entertain it is to share it. Yeah. And it wasn't going over well at AA meetings, so we had to have our own meetings. <laughs> it wasn't. <laughs> so we start our own, and we have no affiliation to the program. Not be, and we have tons of affiliation with it, but not to it in the formality of it all. Yeah, just to keep it cleaner. Because it's amazing when you talk about open mind, you know, it's just being honest, open, and willing. And then when you introduce something in AA, it's not AA. That doesn't sound like open mindedness to me. It's not AA. What? Fuck. Okay. I know, but see, it could illuminate AA. That's the beautiful thing. Because this is not a path to illumination. AA, in a way, is a path to illumination. This will illuminate the path you're on. Yeah? Because you'll recognize you are the light. You are, it's, you're bringing the meaning that book that just jumped out at you. It wasn't a book. It was your mind that shifted. And now it saw itself in a whole new light. And I'll tell you something. If the identification as self is in place, if your mind is like the logic of my mind, you're not going to be able to entertain being free from it. You'll entertain be free as it, which is another form of slavery to self. Yeah? You'll maybe entertain being free by it, but you won't be able to entertain being free from it because you're identified as it. When that shifted in me, when I entertained, hey, I'm not that, the next thing my mind entertained, I can be free of it. I don't need to therapize it. It's not freaking me. I don't need to spend another second trying to coax it into not flipping out at the next picnic I go to or stuff like that. It's just not me. And I'll tell you something. Whatever... If you entertain the idea that this thought system isn't about you, you will lose interest in the thought system. And the only way the trance is being set and reset is our incredible devotion to the thought system. And we're in that position because we believe we're the thinker. We've claimed the act of, of thoughts as I'm the thinker, and therefore we own the thoughts, and our bondage to them is a lot different. It's like if you were in a park and there was 30 kids, your attention would go to the one that was yours, yeah? Just naturally. Well... Here's all this row of thoughts, but they're being held as yours, every one of them. You're attending to them as like you're at a fucking altar. Yeah, it's called devotion, truly. If you want to see the true devotees of mind, they're not like this or like this. They're like fucking <laughs> totally anxious about what's not happening because they believe every fucking thing that's running through their head. And it's all about what's not happening. Swear to God. And I'll tell you, if I was a therapist and I was my specialty was what's not happening... I have the shortest sessions of all time. People would come in and they start going off. I go, that's not happening. But no, that's not happening. All right, one minute. I could make so much money in one day. I wouldn't have to work for the next two years. I'd have like 30, 50 sessions in one day. They expect an hour. That's not happening. What more do you need to do when you realize something's not happening? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. That's why you can't solve an imaginary problem. 
You can't solve it. Yeah? The imaginary quality isn't going to be, is, is never, you're escaping that. It's escaping your attention that it's imaginary. So now you're finding real solutions and you're wondering why they're not working because you're applying to an imaginary problem. Then the solution becomes part of the problem. You have all the answers, but it's not translating into an ease and comfort. You're like a professor of holes that keeps falling in holes. What's the point of that knowledge? It says it very clearly in AA. Self-knowledge will avail you nothing. So if you follow the modality of self, which is claiming, any knowledge claimed by self will avail you nothing to the point of getting relief from self. Yeah? It's going to be used to reinforce the bondage to self, of of self. Yeah? Do you see that statement? Self-knowledge avails you nothing. That's an incredible statement in the program. But if you see that the, mo- the modus operandi of selfing is to claim, then any knowledge that comes your way and the selfing claims it, that knowledge is fucking neutered. <coughs> it's neutered. So there is a solution. And really, from the solution's point of view... The highest level that the problem can reach is appearing to be so. That's why it's such a solution. If it can only reach the level of appearance, and you're grounded in what's actually so, you have the immunity to it. You're going to see false evidence as false evidence. You're not going to see it as appearing real. Because yeah? you initiate its appearance as real by your believing it. If that's withheld... False evidence will just be obviously false evidence. And if you go back to it ten seconds later, it's false evidence. If you go back to it a year later, it's false evidence. Yeah? We give everything all the meaning it has. It's an axiom from the Course in Miracles. A very important statement describing what's going on through this apparatus. That this apparatus facilitates mind to give meaning to things. Yeah? Each one of us now is having a subjective experience. We're at the same event, but each one of us is going to have a different experience of that event. Yet, the rug is the same, the chairs are the same, yes? The the windows are the same, the ceiling is the same. But we're going to subjectify it. That's what's happening all day. You and I are giving everything all the meaning it has. If you get one example of it, expand it and go with you and I giving everything all the meaning it has every freaking day. Yeah? And now, most of us have been reacting to the meaning that self-centeredness gives a life. Yeah? And it's produced an irritability, restlessness, a discontent, an incredible agitation. We're always stirred up, somehow, by being afraid of losing what we have and not getting what we want. It's just constantly stirring up the fucking pot. Yeah? And therefore, we can't even... We, there may be peace of mind, and I'm saying there is, but we can't enjoy it. Yeah? That's what, to me, the steps do. They diminish the mental condition of selfing so that the obviousness of what you are becomes a little obvious. <laughs> and that's the immunity to what you're not. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds so simple, and it really is. How it's become obvious, more obvious to me, is my mind just entertained it for years now. It became the last answer. I haven't found a new one since. It's illuminated my program greatly because AA did what it was really built to do, which was diminish a mental condition. It cannot produce a spiritual condition. You are a spiritual condition. It can't produce that. It can remove what's, uh, what's distorting that and obscuring it. That's what its job is. Because the, the basic end of the job has already been done. You are that which you're seeking. Yeah but not as what you think you are. You are not this sense of a you. Yeah. And any time you've done something you really love, like skiing or something, usually what happens is the remembrance of self has been shut down. You're not thinking about yourself in the past nor about the self in the future, and you feel really fucking great doing that activity. So maybe you, you give the credit to the activity, like skiing or for me, going into water surfing and stuff. But in fact, it's you. It's the mind. It's just facilitating it through that event. Because it has a a predilection to enjoy that event more than other events. So then the selfing, the remembrance of self is suspended, and then you feel what it's like to be really here. Yeah? Yeah, Aha! You're like, 
the lan vital, you know, you're feeling alive, you're like on the pulse of life. And, and yet, very quickly, at some point during the event, the mental process will arise and try to claim it and say, oh, I hope someone saw me catch that big wave. Yeah, now it's all in the selfing agenda again. And what happens is, the, the feeling now seems to be gone. Yeah? It was never, in a sense, it never was produced, so it's always here. But in, in your sense, it's now gone. Because why? You're back. <laughs> and what everyone here is trying to do is they want to be there to experience their own absence. But you can't have you there yeah, to experience your absence. It's, that's the reason why those surfing events or skiing events are so infrequent. Because the overriding uh, recalibration of the self and claims it, makes it an experience that you or me had, yeah? And now, that, that incredible demonstration of what it's like to be free from the bondage of self has now been claimed as an experience that self has had, yeah? Which neuters the whole event by the claiming. It claims it. The p- event could be an invitation, hey, you're that. The self claims it as I'm the one who did it, now it neuters that. And now it's all about you again. Yeah, That's what happens in a lot of spiritual practices. It's like spirituality is just a uniform, just like being a drug addict. Yeah, That was a uniform. But there's one uniform we take to be our skins, which is the identification of self. We don't see that that's possible. It's like having a pair of glasses on that you think are your eyes. No matter how bad the distortion is, maybe you'll find new, another pair to put on it, but you'll never just feel around and realize you can take them off because you're just assuming that they're your eyes. Yeah. So I got to make do with this. So let me find go to a lot of optometrists, which is what AA is in a way. <coughs> it's just it's there to a new pair of glasses. Unfortunately, we're putting them on <coughs> an old pair of glasses. We're not calling them glasses. We're calling them eyes. Yeah. But AA will truly reveal to you that there are another pair of glasses, then you take both of them off. <coughs> you know? And then there's the natural seeing, and I'm telling you, the hit will be, it's always been this way. All the shenanigans, all those seeming real events, have abs- they're, like, they're like mist in the wind. <coughs> they have no sway truly on you. Yeah? And I, it, you cannot help but start traveling lighter here. That's what happens. That's, how, what I, that's the best way I can say it as a general event over years, is that you'll travel lighter. <clears throat> it doesn't say that your geography of your life will, will go, like empires will rise and fall. The geography will be the same, but you'll travel lighter over whatever that geography is. You'll be able to travel lighter over all the circumstances and situations life can bring about instead of being constantly outshined by all those circumstances, situations, yeah? So, when it's really good, with the fear that it may not be, you try to cling on to it. There goes the good time. When it's really bad, you think it's going to last forever, don't you? Doesn't what happens when you have feeling really good? Doesn't your mind get suspicious in about ten minutes? What are you going to figure out? I don't deserve this, something like that. But the same head, the same head, if it's feeling bad, stretches it into a lifelong depression. It's my body. Oh, it's going to be like this forever. Why doesn't it do that with the good? <laughs> you know what I mean? Stretch that out. No, that gets all squished and this gets elongated. Why? What more evidence would you need? How many more examples do you need that it's a biased, failed system? Why would you want to rely on it? It shows its color constantly. It's not a fucking. It's not rocket science to figure out that it's not working. It's a failed system. <laughs> But it's like we did the, the old pooper scooper story, yeah? <coughs> Where in the fourth step we talk about, you know, uh, the manifestations of self. So let's say you and I have a, I have this really nice house, has a big lawn in the back, and I love to run around in the morning dew with no shoes on, and I play do angels in it, and we have lawn bowling things, and picnics, and croquet. It's, it's a large part of my life. And then one day I jump off the porch with no shoes on, and I land in some shit, you know? So immediately, something has to change in my life. i got to start wearing shoes. And this is how selfing takes over. You know? 
So now I climb back on it and I get some shoes. I start walking around and I notice there's a lot of shit all around the lawn. I say, how am I going to get this all cleaned up before the picnic today, this afternoon? So got to call everyone out, tell them, hey, we got to cancel the picnic. And then you go out and there's more shit. There's tons of shit everywhere. <coughs> it smells the high heaven. So you just say, well, I'm just going to ignore it. You know, close the door. And then you walk out and there's even more shit. So then you basically close the blinds and just start, you go to a store and buy pictures of lawns, you know, and you put them in your house, and then you reminisce how great it once was when I had a lawn, and other people start calling you, and they're reminiscing because they're in the same situation, and they're all calling each other, oh, it was great when we had lawns, yeah, I miss those lawns, but come on over, we can watch these. <laughs> the Kentucky Derby's on. Well, watch the bluegrass in Kentucky come over, you know? And then someone comes over to the guy's house and says, hey, I hear you have a problem. He says, yeah, I got tons of shit in my lot. I can't get it up fast enough. He says, well, I got a, I got a solution. And you go, yeah, what is it? He says, pooper scoopers, yeah? <clears throat> All right, let me see it. He says, listen, you better get two. So you get two, the guy buys two pooper scoopers, and he gets out there, he gets pretty good, you know? And he's scooping up shit as fast as he can do. And he gets maybe a couple hours of like a three by seven foot piece of lawn, you know, where he has a picnic standing up. He can't lay down or anything. But, you know, it's better than nothing. And then other people with the same problem hear about him, and they're calling him up for advice. And he says, well, you got to use two, and, you know, this is strap it to your arm, and literally have the hefty bag ready, you know, like this. And now he gets really popular, so he, they start asking him to speak at meetings. He becomes a circus. <laughs> <laughs> and now he's got autographed models of Poopa Scoop as he sells it, you know. What I mean? uh, uh. And my life with the Poopa Scoop or whatever, you know. <laughs> and he's and he's really good, and people he's like a big authority now. He's written books on it. <clears throat> and uh, so another day, another. Uh, a couple of days later, after years of this, some guy knocks on the door and says, can I come in? And come on in. And he says, I heard you have a problem. And the guy says, I don't have any problem. He says, don't you have a problem with the shit? And I'm oh, no, 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 man. I can pick that shit up pretty good, you know? And I'm a circuit speaker, and I autograph models of the thing. He says, oh, all right, well, if you, if you want to know, why not find the dog? And he walks out. Yeah? What? Find the dog. If you get rid of the dog, there goes the shit. Yeah. The dilemma is, we're identified as the dog. We can't entertain getting rid of the dog. So we're learning that poopa scoop is, and some of us become circuit speakers and all this shit. But in fact, no one's really experiencing, maybe they are, radical freedom from the need, to, need to, from the need of having a poopa scooper. Yeah? Because if you get rid of the dog, there's no shit on the lawn. Yeah, exactly. To me, that's a solution worthy of the name solution. Like it says in page 84 of the big book, the problem will not exist for you anymore. That's a damn good solution. But can you imagine, if that's going to stabilize, it's really the problem will not exist as you anymore. That's where the experience of the problem doesn't exist for you will stabilize because it will not exist as you anymore. If it keeps existing as you, you'll have moments and maybe periods of time where it doesn't, it doesn't seem to be so, but it will be so again. <clears throat> the only way it can stabilize is when this changes. Yeah? And that's simple. If you see that you're not that, that's that, really. Just entertain the possibilities. For me, more things open up, more downloads come, <clears throat> more is revealed, like it says in the big book of AA. And uh, I've been entertaining for quite a while because that's the quality of mind. You know, mind's entertaining crazy ideas right now about what is everyone thinking about me, or are my pants too short, or my zipper down, or whatever. And you know, or someone says hello to you and you go home and wonder what by what she meant by it for five hours. That's the mind entertaining, but defined by self-centeredness. It can't entertain other than in that format, which is everything has to pertain to you, and you're not that you it's pertaining to. We're using the same quality of mind, but giving it something worthy to be entertained, which is, I'm not that, and therefore, you're in I don't know, and then you'll find out what you are, because it will download, you'll have intimacy by living, not by studying, or thinking you know, but because you don't know, you'll find out. Yeah. And I'll tell you, to me, it's a much stronger convincing form of knowledge 
is to find out the knowing. I really do. It's been, and then to me, it becomes like an unspoken yes. You know, that's why I haven't looked for any other thing. I don't try to do super turbocharged intensives. It's only one thing. That's, the question is, are you that? Because <coughs> everything is hinging on that. Everything, every meaning that you're going to react to in this life is hinging on, are you that? Yeah? yeah? If you're not, the mind can shift and another modality of meaning giving will happen through you, just like this one meaning giving is happening through you, self-centeredness. You are, you can, you're like a hose. You can conduct warm water, cold water, you know, water from Europe, water from North America, Yeah? You have the ability to download and access a lot of modalities of mind. The self-centeredness is a very jealous God. It puts no other gods before it. And so now, because you're identified, every God you meet is a lesser God than you as the self. That's what happens in AA. You see it. We have the third step. They miss a... Maybe they don't, but there's a very important part right before the third step, which is you got to quit playing God. That, to me, is the biggest unspoken yes of, uh, step of AA. Quit playing God. Why? It doesn't work. <laughs> that simple. What happens if the selfing plays God with surrender, doing the third thing? Your experience will be, I took it back. I surrendered. Take it back. Surrender. That's not it. That's your playing God about God. It's like you got a big bag of candy and you give it to a little kid in the park and you're a big kid and you say, all right, Hey, I'm giving these candy over to your care. Oh, give me back to me. There's no fucking, that's your in surrender and don't surrender, surrender and don't surrender. How about surrendered? Yeah, a recognition, a sober assessment of what's actually going on here can initiate a state of called surrender. Where you're not playing this game of, I like, you know, that's what happens. People, they'll give everything over except, let's say, their body image, some women. And that's where all the resentments and fears they're entertaining are about. Everything that's not surrendered over, the selfing will claim, and just and all of its expressions will be around that topic, be it money, be it whatever. It's always the case. You don't need to see 800 different examples. One shows you the whole movement of the selfing. It's always claiming. Yeah. It doesn't have a life. It has to claim one. And it has with us. Yeah. Why, do you, why are people saying they're, these are my resentments? They're in the act of being identified as self because the resentment is an expression of self. Then why are you saying it's yours? Unless there was an identification of self in place. Yeah? I don't see how you can diagnose it any other way. You want to know how the, the active bondage of self is? It's identification with the expressions of self in one's life. Calling fear yours, resentment yours. And <clears throat> there's a step, the number one step, says you are powerless. You know what powerless? Like it's sort of like if you were dancing with a gorilla, you're going to stop when the gorilla wants to stop. You're powerless. Yeah? We have tons of experiences of the incomprehensible demoralized state of alcoholism. Yet, the prior addiction, which is the mind's addiction to being a self, still holds you to be the doer of all those acts when you were loaded. Yet, it's still harvesting guilt and shame about you, about what you were powerless over. It's still doing that, isn't it? Because the initial addiction isn't being touched. The addiction of the mind to the idea of being a self is the real dilemma. Alcoholism is just a subdivision of that, and drinking and using was to try to get relief from the addiction of self. And because we haven't gotten real relief from it, it just spawns tons of other addictions with the hopes that they'll bring us relief. Or at least total disassociation, <coughs> denial, forgetfulness. But then it always cooks up again. The real relief is there. Then the problem of alcoholism will not exist for you a day at a time, for long stretches of time. <clears throat> because the addiction of self is the root of the problem of alcoholism. It's not obsession with self. Fuck no way. Obsession is an activity. Yeah? It's meant, it lends itself to some other chore, which is identification. It's like the, the constant application of a glue all day, the narrative in one's head, to keep, to keep gluing the mind to the idea of being a body. Yeah? All day. Yeah? And what causes the glue to seem to be so is you and I. 
our believing it makes this thing stick, seemingly. It can't stick. What you are is not of a body. You're not of a mental process. You are of spirit or of nothingness or space, let's say. How can it become a thing? (coughs) How can it lose what it is and be a thing? But the only way you can seem to be a thing is to forget what you are. That's the only way. You have to actively remember what you're not, and there's a passive forgetting of what you are in that activity. It doesn't just go one way. Everything is dualistic here. There's two sides to every coin. There's an active identification of what you're not, and that that produces a passive (coughs) denial of what you are. (coughs) To the point is you're not even curious in a sense. It's all been neutered, you know? You'll be curious about becoming spiritual as a self. You'll be curious about acquiring more knowledge to give an advantage to yourself. But you won't have any curiosity of what you are because you feel pretty damn sure you know what you are. Yeah? I'm that who needs a lot of help. I'm that who needs to change. <clears throat> if, I kept think, if I took myself to be this, the Urban Renewal Project would still be continuing. I would always find something wrong here. My mind would be hovering like the fucking eye of Sauron. You should be better. You should meditate. Or something constantly. The only relief I've got was to realize I'm not this. <clears throat> My interest and attention was freed, and now instead of enslaving me to this idea of self, it's enriching my life every freaking day. Yeah. Just like when you were a kid. Did you need a retreat when you were a kid? I wasn't in an abusive <laughs> situation. I wasn't looking to learn how to meditate or anything like that. My mind hadn't entertained. It could be anywhere else other than where it was. It had no idea of time, so when I was playing, it wasn't going, will I be playing next week? I was just, I had no idea of next week. You know? We grew into these fucking crazy ideas, and we now made them seem to be so. And therefore the solution's right where the problem seems to be. If it's anywhere else, you're dependent, you know? If they're everywhere, if there's everywhere else, something could get in between you in that solution. Yeah. If there's ever, if it was anywhere else, it would take time to arrive there. Yeah. This is not of time. It's right where you are right now, with no requirement necessary to meet it because you are it. Yeah. It's just a recognition of what you're not. Start telling the truth about what you're not, and you'll get the sense of what the truth is. You can't know it, but you'll find out about it because it will be living through you. This isn't like a book. It's like you're a living book. And the scripture is being written every day by your seeing this place in a new light. Yeah? By seeing others and yourself in a new light. Not being enslaved to the idea of time. Because one day it's going to catch up to you. There will only be this now, and there won't even be an imaginary future. There will be a passing away from here. Yeah? A lot of us are initiating that passing away right now. We're thinking about the future. We're not even... And we're going to miss the moment when we depart from here. Because we'll be waiting for the head to tell us what happened. And it won't be saying a damn thing at that point. Because it will shut down. And then you'll be so fucking surprised your infinite soul was a product of the brain. <laughs> the selfie. <coughs> the little voice box was a fucking part of the apparatus. It wasn't some eternal person of your of you that's going through body after body no fucking way. <laughs> You're you're a temporary afterthought. The idea of being you is a temporary afterthought. It's finite. That's the beautiful news. Because what you are is infinite. So when the selfing runs out, which it will, <coughs> if you watch, I'm going to end with this one because this is good. Because I keep getting this with people with uh, the selfing, so they now see like they're worrying about next week or something like that. Yes. And there's a feeling that it's them worrying about next week. That's the selfing. So here's the selfing. In other words, the thought system can't make a self. It can imply there's one there. It can infer there's one there. It can assume that even there's one there. So it'll talk as if it's already so. 
but it cannot produce the self. It can just point, like the finger pointing at the moon. In this case, there is no moon. It's just pointing. When the mind, the conditional mind, is in the ignorance, it makes the leap into the feeling of being a self. So it takes this cue from the yapping, and then it does the rest. Yeah? The yapping can never bring you to this other shore, because there is no other shore. It just points the other shore and says, you're over there. <coughs> and then you go, oh yeah, I was there, I will be there, I'm here, yeah. And therefore, there you go. Then the world starts where you are, which is square four instead of square zero. <laughs> you can see it, it's obvious, see it. You don't do anything about it, just see it. So let's say, so here's the self, and so I'm worried about next week. <clears throat> so someone will say, well, I'm worried about next week. That's the product of the selfing. So as soon as the noun pops up, that it's you, an objectified thing, that's the product of the selfing. This is the selfing, the verbing, but the product is when the mind leaps up and takes itself to be the noun. That's where the selfing arises, yeah? That's the bondage of self. So then you get a little clearer, and then you see, hey, I'm not that. And then, but it tricks you, and but I'm the one that's, you know. But after a while, <laughs> you'll see it, and it can only go for a finite amount of time. And it stops. And then you run right into that thing we call a pause, which is what we are. That pause, which is the context, it's the infinite space that this finite event is occurring, this selfing. A very minimal, small little mental process, but because the mind has taken it to be about it, it's very enlarged, yeah? But there it is. But it's going to run out. It can't huff and puff and blow any house down. All it can do is huff and puff. And when it stops, there's that pause. And the pause is a timeless moment, yeah? I've had a pause once where it was infinite while I was in it. Then I came out and only a second had passed, yeah? That's the quality of it. It's not defined by time. It's like inserting every quote-unquote mode of time, timelessness is inserting it. And I would say that's what we are, is the pause. Just like when you do service, yeah? <clears throat> Remember when you used to do service a lot? I would be, you know, you'd be running around and selfing and then it would get too much and so you'd do an act of service. And what would happen? After time you'd get a certain pattern that when I did service I felt available, Yeah? felt a little bigger than I was feeling. I wasn't so claustrophobic. And when I was available, I sensed the presence. I call it the higher power, or some people would call it God, whatever you want. But you sense a, a something, a presence, which is the higher power, yeah? And then what happens is you're really enjoying it, and then you go back into the selfing, seemingly, and then it produces, it activates all those nasty situations where you have to do service again to get some relief from self. <clears throat> and what happens is you feel available and you sense the presence. What happened with me was, when I sensed the presence, my mind lit on the idea I may be that. Yeah? I'm the presence. I'm not this mental idea of being Paul who has to do service. I'm the presence. And if I'm the presence, that makes me available. Yeah? And if I'm available, that makes me of service. Now you've had a giant quantum leap from doing service to being of service. That's what happens in the mind. It's available. You know, you're all in a program, most of us are. Yeah, I think all of us are. In the, that program is an incredible way of life. It will keep the, the mental condition diminished enough so that something that's obvious will be obvious to you in this life. Yeah? And if shit happens, there's tons of ways to get out of self. How many times is that? There's a meaning every hour on the hour, everywhere. So you can find a manipulated pause if you can't find the pause. Yeah? You can say the serenity prayer was a manipulated pause. Take ten breaths with is a manipulated pause. There's all these ways to, to derail the selfing, the self-will. Why? So that there'll be a recognition that the greatest form of maintenance about you know the daily reprieve is contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition. The greatest form of maintenance around a spiritual condition is to realize you are a spiritual condition. Because the spiritual condition is called being. And therefore, it's constantly active in the state of being, which is maintaining its state of being. <laughs> yeah? Instead of trying to graft spirituality to a body or to a mental idea, how does it hold? Not too well. 
you realize I'm not this, and therefore you don't realize I must be that. You don't say I'm going to start living with that. You download just say I am that. You know, what I mean? it's obvious I'm not of a thing. You know, I'm obvious I don't end where the, my cheekbone is. You know, and that this is nothing. And then you start there, Dave. You know, what I mean, we're defined by this, like they used to say. The kingdom of heaven is within you. I thought it was a pretty small kingdom of heaven. There's no parking if it's in this parking. You know? <laughs> the kingdom of heaven is in you, the you that you really are. Yeah. The context of spirit, not a body. Fuck. The kingdom of heaven is in a body. <laughs> there be a small kingdom. There'd be only a couple of gates, and you may not want to take one of them, the rectum. The rectum gate, you may not want to go up. You may get lost. <laughs> on that lovely note I think I'll stop <laughs> uh, any questions tonight? no no good. <laughs>